as I said a little bit ago, I just don't think we do enough praising and, and thankfulness and, and gratefulness or not, not us anymore. So anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, as I said, we've got four or five interested. I don't know if it's going to come of anything, but we got four or five interested of starting a ministry with us. I'm in talks with a couple of them. They're a little hesitant, obviously so. Um, something like that is, is a, 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 it's a dedication. It's almost, at the beginning, building a, a church and ministry is almost 24-7 for everybody involved. So they're, they're a little hesitant. And again, we're still talking. We're working on it. So tonight, we're going to talk about something that I don't think any of us have anymore. Bears goes in line with the 24-7 thing, goes in line with the thankfulness and, and, and the praise and all that other stuff. Um, so we're going to talk about that, but first we're going to pray and then we'll get into it. Father, we're so grateful for this time, Lord. I pray you keep the distractions out. You keep the uh, everything running smooth, Lord. Keep my, my tongue sharp, my wit sharp, and Lord, most importantly, keep me out of the way and just you going forward. I pray, Lord, that you would bless and keep everything concise in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, I ask him to keep it concise because sometimes I get long-winded without meaning to. All right, so have you ever stopped and truly, truly considered what Christ did in three years on this earth? Now, what's really important to understand is there was no internet, no radio. It took a day to travel 10 to 15 miles. One day to, to travel 10 to 15 miles. No TV, no major news channels, nothing talking of him, uh, promoting him, advertising him every hour like we have nowadays, showing the world what he was doing. I know he was here 33 years. I know he lived 33 years on this earth. But the first 30 was a child, a son, working for the family. He only had three years on the face of this earth in ministry. And look what he did in three years' time. Your argument, of course, is he was God. Of course, he made an impact. Well, and that's a good argument. But no one in power and authority accepted him as God. No one. He had no backing. Everything he did was because of the way he spoke, the miracles he did, the, 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 the walking, the teaching, the preaching. Everything he did was through him. Nobody helped him. Well, he was God. Well, yeah, but God didn't amplify his words. The people still had to receive him. He healed miraculously. Yeah. He raised the dead. Yeah. But again, it was in a small area of the world. No media, no marketing, no PR manager, no ESPN, no CNN, no whatever other channels there are out there. He was doing it solely by himself at the very beginning. Then he got 12 more. Then he got a bunch more and he started sending them out. But they were going to areas where he was about to come. They'd never heard of him. And they were telling people about him. Everything he did in three years was grassroots, as we would say today. The main reason he did this, the main reason he made the impact he did, and he's still so very vital 2,000 years later, is he was wholly committed to the will of the Father. He made an impact because he was God. He was God's Son. He was the Messiah. And he was obedient to the Father's will. At Gethsemane, he prayed, not my will, but thine. He had a will. He made. He could have made the choice not to go to that cross. He was human. Just like us, he could have said no, but he said, no, my father needs this. This is what I'm doing. 
singleness of purpose. That's what we're going to talk about. In America, a few 50, 60 years ago, maybe even 70, we were wholly dedicated to him. At the very beginning of the nation, they were wholly dedicated to him. This nation was built on freedom of religion, not freedom from religion as people pervert it today. Our founding fathers were religious, seeking after a place they could worship God in the manner that they said, that the Bible said, not as the king of England said. That's what they were looking for. But we lost our, few, uh, our way a few years ago when comfort and convenience became more important than being a Christian. We let God be removed from the schools. We let God be removed from our houses. We let the entertainment industry and the government tell us what is right and wrong. We let them tell us we can't speak of him at work. We let them tell us we can't speak of him in school. We let the battle arena that we are allowed to fight in be limited only to the church building. And that's when we lost, when we seceded ground, when we gave up, when we abdicated our place in the world. Every age has one man that stands out and stands up for God. And I've been through that before. Every 30 years or so, 40, 50, 30 to 50 years or so, there is a man raised up to revive the spirit of the men and women of this world. Please note, I said the spirit, to revive the spirit. We are, we as Christians, we are blessed by God to have the spirit in us. This means we all have this potential only if we feed the spirit though. We have to feed the spirit to revive the spirit to get this world moving again. D.L. Moody and Spurgeon in the 19th century. In fact, they even met once or twice. Do you know that? Mm -hmm. Billy Sunday, Bonhoeffer, Billy Graham, Jerry Falwell, Jack Hiles, John R. Rice, Adrian Rogers, Lester Roloff, Tim Lee, all of them in the 20th century. But this list, and I want you to understand this part. In that list, there were several different types of men in several different walks of life, even different sections of Christianity. Lester Roloff didn't really have a church. Church, he was, uh, he had a church, but he was more known for the orphanages he ran. Jack Kyles for his Sunday school and his bus ministry and his church. Jerry Falwell, radio, college, TV, church. Billy Sunday, closed counties down, liquor sales down throughout many states, some of which are still dry today from his preaching. What they had in common, though, was they were wholly committed to the Lord, to his word. They impacted the world, but then they died. They graduated to heaven. Their legacies are fading in the years go by. People today, you tell them about Jack Hiles, they think he was a cult leader. He wasn't. He was a man who sought after the souls of people. The one thing they had, all of them, was their reach extended to and was received by the people. Their reach extended to the people. And then the people listened to them and their message. The, the people were, respect, were receptive to the God that these men preached, to his spirit, to his word. Not them, but to the gospel they preached. The people that worked with these men, the people that heard these men, the people that prayed with and for these men were all part of their ministry because these men had a testimony and standards and they never wavered. 
Don't get me wrong. They made mistakes. We're human. But all of them worked for God. We often talk of what one man can do wholly committed to the Lord. Yet we can look back and see what happens when a small group of people dedicated themselves to God's word, to prayer, to reaching their area, their neighborhood. And this is so very important. Their own home. Because today, most Christian folks have a better testimony out there than they do in their own home. And that's sad. But what would happen if two or three gathered together together gathered together daily praying for his spirit to revive America? Two or three every day together just to pray. Revival. Straighten this nation out. Remember uh, D.L. Moody. He's preaching to hundreds. Hundreds. Hundreds are listening to him. And this, these two little old ladies come to him and they say, we're praying for you that the Spirit will reach down and touch you and people will hear your word. And he looked at them, ladies, hundreds are listening. Hundreds are already coming. Then one day their prayers got answered. D.L. Moody got alone with God. He felt the Spirit moving and he started preaching to thousands because those two little old ladies prayed for him on a regular basis. What would happen if two or three gathered together daily praying for his Spirit to revive America? Just two or three, earnestly seeking God and for him to revive America. What would happen if four or five became wholly subservient to his will, to his agenda? What would happen if two or three for one month met daily for devotions, prayer, and outreach? Now, in our world, that takes a lot of dedication to do it every day, plus going to work, plus doing the family stuff, plus cleaning the house, plus mowing the yards, plus going to church well, most, most people only go to church once a week, so that part wouldn't be too hard. But you get what I'm saying. We would have to take our lives and add an hour to it every day, an extra hour. Can we do it? God has promised to honor his people if they seek him, if they humble themselves, if they pray and confess their sin. What would happen is if, as Job did, we confess the sins of our family, our nation before God. Nehemiah did it, Samuel did it, Daniel did it. And those three are much more <laughs> righteous than I am. What would happen if we, as Joshua, purposed in our hearts to serve the Lord God and him only? What would happen? What would happen if the people purposed to give themselves willingly to his service? Remember what I said a few weeks ago? Tithe is not the only thing he's interested in. He's interested in time. He's interested in talent. And he's interested in tithe from you. But he wants it to be given willingly. He wants you to serve because you want to serve. Not because, oh, i got to go to church. Or, oh, i got to give my... No. He wants you to give to his work both time, or all three, time, talent, and tithe. But he wants it willingly, cheerfully given. First Chronicles 29.9. I've got two... Examples we're going to use, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. First Chronicles 29.9, Then the people, please notice, the people rejoiced, for that they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. 
The people got together. The people brought the money. The people brought the supplies to build the temple. David was not allowed to build it, but he was allowed to gather the supplies for his son to do it. And the people willingly built God's temple so that he could be among them. What would happen if God's people met daily with nothing but his will, his word, and his purpose in mind? Acts 2.46 And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. This is the first century church. Everybody says, well, they didn't meet. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple. The temple was their church at that time. And breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They went to church every day, but then they went out to each other's house. They spent their time together in fellowship and study and rejoicing and praying and in praising. They went to church every day, and then they spent the rest of their time going over what they just did at church. So I took an example from the Old and the New Testament to show what happens when the people get together willingly and purpose to serve and give to God. What would happen if daily we met in the house of God, if we prayed for his will, and we prayed for revival daily? It would mean we'd have to get up a little earlier, turn the TV off, turn the internet off, sacrifice, drink a little more coffee, and make an effort. Most of us already drank a lot of coffee. I don't. I do two cups a day. You say, well, it can't be done in today's world. We're too modern. Well, if we're too modern, we have Skype. We can get together over Skype and pray. Can't we? Yeah. We can get together over, uh, what's the other one? Zoom. We can get together over Microsoft team meetings or whatever. We have more ways to get together and connect, yet we don't for this purpose. It can be done in today's world. We are so busy, but we're the same as they were back then. We just choose to be busy over the wrong things. We no longer have God as a priority. We no longer sacrifice for God. Instead, we fit him in when it isn't when it is in or excuse me, we fit him in when it is convenience. As long as we don't actually have to do anything for him, we love you, God. But when he asks you to do something, oh I'm busy. Yeah. Remember in 2 Chronicles 7:14, it says, If my people, which are called by my name, not the rulers, not the elites, not the preacher, not the teacher, the missionary, no titles, no offices, his people. If you are his people and you get together with his people and you are called by his name, he will hear you. If the hearts of his people turn, God will hear. If the heart of his people swell with love for him, service for him, and a desire for him, then he will hear. But it is the people who have to decide. It is the people of God who must decide to make these choices, to sacrifice, to serve, to pray, to praise, to be thankful, to be grateful, to sacrifice for him and his service and his word, to sacrifice for the lost souls of those dying and going to hell. It is up to the people of God to decide this. 
It is the people of God who are necessary for him to act. God will only do what the people want him to do. The people petitioned God to have a king. He didn't want it, but the people petitioned. He gave them a king knowing it was going to be wrong. The people wanted idolatry. God let him go because that's what the people wanted. God wants you to want him. God wants you to want what he wants. God wants you to willingly want to be his. I have attended very large churches. And I have attended very small churches. Yet in each area, in the surrounding area, there are people who cannot tell you where that church is. I attend a church that has several thousand every service. But there were still people in that town who couldn't tell you where the church was or what it was about. And then I've been in other uh, smaller churches. They couldn't tell you what it was or where it was about. The people of that area are what make up the church. And they're the ones who go out and, and, and make it better or worse. It's the people. It's the reach that the people want. God wants people to do, or God will only do what the people want him to do. If their heart is far from him, he will be removed from them. If their heart chases after him, he will come close to them. The church is no better or no worse than its people. That's what makes the difference. Not the preacher. Not the pastor. The people are what make the church. One man wholly committed. One group wholly committed to the Lord. People who have died to self, who have died to the world, who have died and sacrifice themselves for the Lord daily. When I say here have died, I meant to self. Sacrifice to the Lord and his purpose. Those people, Falwell, Hiles, Adrian Rogers, those people made a difference in this nation. What would happen, what could be accomplished by God in this nation today if we found the same men, if we found the same group of men if we found the same group of families, of whatever, if we found 10 people who could just do this every day for, let's say, a month, where would it get this nation? Wouldn't make it any worse, that's for sure. The testimony of such a group, think about that. The testimony of such a group, the reach with all the media, all the technology we have today, think of the reach that a group like that could have in this world today. The gospel of Jesus with people united for that purpose and that purpose alone would make it to every inch of this world. Because if you're praying every day, you're getting in the spirit every day, you're going to want what he wants. You're going to be moved by what moves him. And the people, if you're that close to him, are going to respond because they always do to God's word. The question, how many will make that kind of commitment? How many would commit to singleness of purpose like that? Can you? Can I? Singleness of purpose. Perhaps it cannot be done in this day and age. It may not be able to. But is anybody willing to try? That's the question. All right. Until next time, I will see you Sunday morning.